listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Delighted to be here once again. And uh, how are you making out? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Looking forward to some vacation, you know, a little bit. Ah, uh, Everybody should get some time off. There you go. I must say that is uh, one of the very uh, interesting things about working on both sides of the Atlantic is that uh, the clientele in uh, Europe, uh, they kind of get a, they get that vacation thing a little bit uh, better than those of us over here on. Uh... Maybe I haven't figured out. I figured out. Yeah, no, I, I was speaking with someone in Copenhagen this morning and he's like, yes, most of us are on vacation this month, but I am working from home. Is that your uh, Danish accent? I don't know. I might need to edit that out. <laughs> I said I invite him on the podcast at some point. <laughs> and then if it doesn't match, then... You're... No, no, it's it's not good. It, no disrespect meant I do voices badly and they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, no, it is. That's <laughs> no, true. Like, but, is it Irish? Is it Indian? <laughs> Nobody knows. But but seriously, uh, there is uh, I think one one thing that we could probably learn from uh, over here to maybe just take a bit more vacation. So there's the first uh, bit of free advice to our listeners today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, ride a bicycle and, and take a holiday. Um, yes. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, but <laughs> seriously, the, uh, the path to happiness. Indeed. Indeed. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about, uh, like, we're, we're just looking to get ourselves in trouble, I think. Um, because, I think, well, I think I said to you, Jeff, in the, in the preparation for today's show, that uh, it feels to me like there's almost two types of manufacturing marketers. There's those that are currently tasked with trying to shape the sustainability message for their organization. And then there are those that are about to be. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's it, no in between yeah and, and i don't know i mean i guess first things first we should acknowledge that this is not a new thing i mean my goodness some of the leaders of uh, uh in this space uh, if we think of uh, interface uh, carpets or what have you yeah interface floor for as a as an example i mean uh, my goodness that's 20 or 30 years old and that, that story yeah. now so yeah i i met the ceo at an architects nova scotia um talk he was giving about that very thing at least 15 years ago i think ray has passed on now but uh you know it was a very it you know it it was a message whose time had come 15 20 years ago and here we are still kind of uh, finding ways to talk about it well i think because uh, you know many of people in the manufacturing marketing space are are, are marketing to other uh manufacturers in the b2b manufacturing space um they're maybe a bit removed from end consumers uh and as a result maybe the pressure to have a sustainability uh, message and commitment, et cetera, hasn't been maybe quite as pronounced or, or maybe it's so pronounced in your industry that everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah. 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 I guess I was just trying to think of like, why is it that people are just being tasked with this now, you know, versus like 20 years ago, but uh, maybe it's just the fact that it's an, an ever evolving thing as well, but, but nevertheless, 
maybe a bit of a tangent, but how much do you think current happenings from a climate perspective and heat perspective and all of that, here we are in the summer of 2022 with wildfires raging across Europe and other places, you know, is it just more on people's minds? Uh, I mean, I have no data to support if that's true or not, but I mean, maybe, right? I mean, um, but nevertheless, I mean, uh, that is the requirement. There, there, there. You know, many marketers face it. They, they, they kind of have this, you know, in some ways, a, a corporate sustainability message uh, and, and commitment that needs to be communicated in some way, be it to uh, investors, other stakeholders, employees, etc. And you know, it's the marketer's job to think about how I guess that resonates beyond just. Uh, the company itself to the customers. And that's where I think a lot of kind of people are challenged, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And, and I, I think too, you know, don't, don't get us wrong. We're, we're not suggesting that, uh, you know, environmental factors shouldn't be considered. Uh, of course, it's just whether or not you should be talking about it or how you should be talking about it. I, I think, you know, given where the planet is today, I think we're probably firmly in support of ensuring we do all have better environmental practices. Yeah, I don't I don't think being anti-Earth is a really great position. Um, uh, so, and that's not what we're trying to communicate here, but I do think as, as marketers, sometimes we need to uh, allow ourselves to just be kind of honest with ourselves about what our job is which is passionate where where, where we're, our job in this moment isn't to save the planet our job is to talk about what we're doing in that vein in a way that supports the business goals of the firm and uh, you know i'm not saying that you while slightly cynical is certainly accurate yeah well I, you know i don't think that i'm not i'm not saying i'm in support of greenwashing or anything like that i'm just trying to be very you know, matter of fact, this is this is what we're dealing with, um, uh, and this is a, a, essentially the, the 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 assignment. If you if you so, I guess, I mean, what, what are some of the kind of dynamics of this challenge? Uh, as we think about it, I suppose maybe first things first is like, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, they. They may look around to their competitors and they see really everybody kind of saying the same thing, as you mentioned, everybody's singing from a, the same song sheet when it comes to sustainability. Or, you know, maybe there's an op maybe there's some competitor that, that has a bit of a more of a leadership position or what have you. And I think that's just kind of a, maybe an interesting positioning choice you need to make. Is this sustainability message something that is a, a, a leading reason as to why uh, people ought to choose your company? Or are you kind of, already, I don't know, Jeff, do you think it's more like are you playing offense or defense? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it really does. And I think, you know, there are probably a few industries left where you can still choose to be the leader and have an opportunity to come out ahead, you know, where there may not be any sustainability leader brand in your category there, there that could exist still it seems unlikely but it's possible um well i, I think we've seen that in the, I, I think we see that in a number of categories actually where there's a bunch of people that are kind of playing uh 
playing the game halfway, but nobody's really full out. Yeah. Nobody's really stepped up. Yeah, I, I, I think though, you know, you in in most categories of manufacturing, most categories of anything, you know, it it if there is somebody who appears to be leading, are you going to be able to outgreen them? Like no, nobody's going to unseat Patagonia in the outerwear category as you know, the more sustainable option or the company that thinks about the earth harder than Yvonne Schwenard does. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, example to bring up. I, obviously, a very B2C example, and everybody can kind of... Uh, but, but, but I think it's, it's a useful uh, example uh, for our uh, B2B manufacturing uh, folks. Like, uh, because uh, I guess, you know, if you introduce a new uh, outdoor brand tomorrow that that by the numbers was more sustainable than patagonia like was by all accounts you know environmentalists would agree this company is better than patagonia just imagine if that existed and they sell all the same stuff even if somebody could get there you'd have an awfully hard time convincing the market of it i bet yeah Un unseating that that leader i mean you you you've always beat the drum of uh you know there can only be one <laughs> you know one brand in a category that stands out as a lead you know volvo is the safety leader you know um you know there can only be you have you have to change the path in order to to become a leader in a similar category so you have to think of a, a different type of product or, or or change the messaging i think one of the examples you've used before when uh, when chatting with our clients, you know, you can't out Crest Crest or, or out Colgate Colgate. So, you know, Sensodyne had to be about not clean teeth, not dentist recommended, but, uh, you know, deals with sensitivity issues, even though. Yeah, it's a different category. Uh, they had to they, they had to not choose to play in the toothpaste category, but rather play in the sensitive teeth category. Yeah, um, which and and then they're they're number one with the bullet, and then good luck, you know, as Crest introduces and they have, and Colgate and all the others, you know, they all have sensitive teeth brands, but it doesn't really resonate in the same way that Sensodyne does. No, but you know, they have to be in. They have to compete in the category though, which is interesting, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying, is that no matter what category you're in, you're probably going to have to have some kind of sustainability message. You just need to choose where it's going to sit and how important it is to your brand. Yeah, maybe even as we were talking about the toothpaste, it reminded me of kind of almost of electric cars, like Tesla versus all the main mainstream brands that now, of course, have to have electric options. But uh, And I'm not a Tesla fanboy by any stretch of the imagination, but um, they, they... No question, they own electric cars. Yeah, exactly. Like as a as a sentiment is tested as a category yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And huh. everybody else is kind of catching up like they kind of they sensodyned it <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, the, the only difference there is you know everybody does eventually have to move to electric whereas you don't everybody doesn't have to eventually move to only producing sensitive teeth toothpaste sure yeah but now we're way down a tangent <laughs> <laughs> But 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 I guess the lesson here, or the challenge that we see, is like, okay, you got almost in some ways decide are you playing offense or defense? Do you want this to be the key pillar, or is it just a, a, a you know a bit more of a, a supporting component to your value prop? And that probably will drive some aspects of your decision making here. 
I think so too. And, and I think if you are choosing to be that leader, it's probably not just going to be a marketing led initiative. Like this, this needs to be central to the identity of the entire firm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's often the case, right? When you see those people, I mean, Interface would be a great example of that leader in their category around sustainability. And that started from the top and went all the way through the firm. Yeah, uh, and measured, yeah. uh, you know, I think they were net zero before anyone even knew what that was, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then I, I think there are a couple of other things, I suppose, are just... One thing I've seen with B2B manufacturers, um, sometimes when it comes to sustainability, there seems to there can sometimes be a disconnect internally versus externally. I guess what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of them have done some great work in, uh, in making their operations more sustainable, more environmentally friendly, greening their operations, if you will. Um, uh, some have gone so far as to stand up sustainability departments or divisions um, that really try to take a, a, a leading uh, role in, in how to advance not just their firm but their category from a, a sustainability of operations perspective. And it's surprising, well, it's not surprising, it's just kind of interesting, I guess, to me how often that bumps up against a sales organization that says, I'm not sure customers care. Like, they, and they're, they're oftentimes getting told to, you know, this has to be part of the sales message. And the salespeople are kind of, frankly, secretly just ignoring it. Because they don't think it resonates at all with, their, with, with, with who they're selling to. This kind of goes back to our previous episode around don't talk to my customer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like if you haven't talked to your customer or your customer's customer or, or the sales team, you're not going to find out whether or not this is a thing that actually matters. Yeah. And, and I, I also kind of wonder if it's a matter of the real good advice here is you can't wait for your customers to care. Like, you know, we said like being, you could be, choose to be anti-Earth, but. I, that's probably not a great idea. Um, it, it, it seems like you maybe ought to, ought to wait for your customers to care either, especially I mean, those that are taking a leadership position certainly aren't going to wait for their customers no. to care. But I think they're also telling them why they should. And and maybe that's a bit of the difference of of how, you know, if, if your sales team is saying, I, I don't think our customers really care how you know, how we use 2% less water in manufacturing something than our, than our competitors, you know, but they may care when you tell them why that matters towards their sustainability goals or their, you know, what their revenue goals are and how you may, you know, maybe you're doing research into it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like there, there's, there's potential to kind of create the category for yourself in that way. Yeah, well, I think that's really the job that we're talking about here, isn't it? Is like, well, how do you take then that that internal sustainability commitment and turning it turn it into something that is a source of competitive advantage in some way, shape, or form? Um, that 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 and part of that is it, it it probably ought to be able to be communicated to customers via the sales team with some level of authenticity and enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, so I guess, uh, you know, maybe let's uh, think about that a little bit. What is it, 
what does it take to be like what do we need to be mindful of in trying to craft and articulate a, a sustainability position or a sustainability message as a as a b2b manufacturing marketer what does that kind of what, what what does that kind of look like i guess i i I, I don't know. I think I have probably like three things, if I may. I, I think you could. <laughs> All right. Well, I think one thing to keep in mind um, is that one, one thing I've seen uh, far too much of are marketers kind of leaning too heavily on uh, awards, certifications. Especially certifications. I mean... Because anybody who can meet certain criteria can can get one of those. I think back to when I was buying a lot of paper as a graphic designer, like a couple decades ago, you know, and for a while, FSC certified paper was, you know, where you went in order to show that the brand that you were representing was, you know, sustainable and, and all of that. Again, you know, trying to figure out what your customer's customer wants and. And uh, for a while, there was certainly, you know, a lot of um, the entire back half of many brochures had a message about how this paper is FSC certified and it helped you meet your commitments to the environment. And, and then all of a sudden, every paper company was FSC certified and then every printer was FSC certified. And it just didn't make any difference anymore. Like, it, you know, if you're at the very beginning of this kind of thing, I think you might be able to rely on those sorts of um, opportunities more. Yeah, but if you're the kind of organization that's going to be at the leading edge of those kinds of opportunities, chances are you're leading in this space anyway. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you, yeah, you just if you can't put those in the window. It's almost like the the Better Business Bureau signs at a convenience store or something. And you just can't put that in the window and think, oh, well, we've got that covered. Um, uh, at best, I think these ought to be considered kind of more like the supporting reasons to believe. And uh, so, okay, so uh, now that we beat up the certification bit a, a little, next let's couple. Let's take awards. <laughs> I think the, the next thing is maybe a little bit harder to uh, successfully communicate, but I'll give it a try. I think first things first, when looking at your sustainability commitment as an organization and trying to get it to match up with or resonate with your customers in, in some greater way, uh, I'd say the table stakes of that is go into your uh, a cross section of your customers, identify uh, any of their uh, expressed sustainability commitments, values, etc., that have been articulated at a corporate level, and you ought to find a way for your sustainability um, uh, commitments to help to, to to work in support of theirs. Okay, and that's not that hard. You know, if somebody has a commitment to um, have less waste in their operations, they want to reduce fifty percent of uh, waste in their operations by twenty thirty, and you are reducing waste in your operations. Well, then. The yeah. follow-on effect is that you're helping them achieve their sustainability objective, right? Yeah, and then often cases those sorts of things are measurable too. You know, they're measuring how much, you know, how much waste they're outputting and uh, and how much it's decreased. And you can, as part of their supply chain, can say, well, by decreasing ours by fifty percent based on this, how much you buy from us, then you know, here's how here's how that's impacted your goals. Yeah, yeah. 
So then, you know, I think, so if that's the table of stakes, I think the place to try to get to, if we could, is uh, how can your sustainability commitments and activities more directly link to your client's revenue activities? Like, how can you get, it's not, how, how does you being environmentally friendly help your customer make more money? versus help your customer be more environmentally friendly. Um, there have been a, a few times in, in my work in this space when I feel like we've reached that that level. Um, and it's it's kind of rare air, I think, but when you do, um, it, it, it really helps. Uh, it, all of a sudden, those barriers to the salespeople actually bringing it up in a sales conversation go away. Yeah. Right? Um, because now all of a sudden it's connected to money. It's not just connected to an environmental message per se. Do you think that's easier to do on inputs or outputs in terms of, uh, what benefit it's going to have to your customer? So is it going to be that your customer is spending less money or earning more money? Like, is it easier to, to sell one over the other? Do you think? I think it's easier to convince people of a cost savings than a possible future upside, I suppose, because yeah. it, it always feels more concrete. We were talking a bit about an example, how we, how we might be able to describe this. And it's not a, it's not a, a client example or anything like that, but uh, we're looking at, you know, um, packaging from an aluminum can perspective versus what, trying to contrast it with glass as an example yeah right? for for a beer menu you know for a beer uh, producer or something like that yeah i i uh, i wish we could use um you know ndas are what they are i wish we could use a client example in this moment because there's it, it would make better sense actually <laughs> um, and uh but I, I think people listening can can hopefully connect the dots to say okay it's one thing to connect to the sustainability uh commitments of my client but how do I uh, turn that around and actually connect to their sustainability or sorry, to their revenue goals of that client or the business goals of that client that reach beyond the sustainability components of it. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I guess that, that, uh, that, that it'll be a good example. Like that hard to communicate thing will be a good example as to why the next point I raise, uh, is true, which is to say, Simple always wins over complicated messages, especially <laughs> in this space. Um, you know, we see it time and again, uh, whether it's um, uh, the old uh, uh, plastic rings that were shown on the necks of uh, ducks or what have you in the 80s and 90s, or um, more recently, the uh, lump of plastic in the in the North Pacific Ocean. Um uh, the ozone in the 80s 90s for that matter and manufacturers of propellants yeah yeah i suppose yeah was, these were easy things to point to in some way can't really mm -hmm. point to a hole in the ozone but you can they did but, though yeah that's true yeah <laughs> um but uh you know so so the the, the plastic in the ocean thing as an ex i think is a great example like you know it's really hard uh like for instance if if you had an argument uh, that suggested that plastic straws um, were better for the environment than paper straws 
because of this complex total cost of to the environment type of calculation. Like let's just let's just assume that exists and that that that, that you have that. So it's scientifically proven that the plastic straw is better than a paper straw. Um, you can't sell that message against in a world where everybody's just thinking about the hump of plastic in the Pacific Ocean, right? Yep. There's no there's no kind of market for that nuanced uh, total cost type of uh, of message. I find it's a it's an area where we often go uh, in sustainability messaging. Um, you know, oftentimes those uh, sustainability departments that I mentioned earlier, uh, part of their uh, uh, part of what they're asked to do is basically look at the totality of the environmental impact of their operations and reduce their overall total impact. And that can lead to a lot of ands in the explanation. We do this <laughs> and that and that and that and, 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 and this is why it's better. And you've lost everybody after the first and. Yeah. And it also probably feels like you're reaching somewhat. I guess uh, so. It could be. Uh, I, I guess that's that's the challenge. I'm not going to suggest that it's easier for our listeners, um, but it's like how, how do you how do you wrap up the sustainability uh, positioning or message in a in a manner that is, uh, frankly, just simple, and 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 clicks with people without them having to do too much uh, internal math. As, as and and that might be the hardest part of all. Of all. Yeah, and I, I think that actually really is one of the, you know, the most difficult things about landing not just on a message but on a, on a on a reason for doing it that makes sense financially, you know, that makes sense from a messaging standpoint. Like there, there's a lot of things that have to line up in order for this to be successful as a position especially if you're trying to compete with others that are also saying similar things. Yeah, I think for most most list, listeners this, this this is not their um the position that they're positioning the brand around. This is just simply um basically they're structuring messaging around their commitments in this. Yeah. Yeah. But there would be brands that do position around that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. question. You know. So, yeah, I guess don't uh, don't lean too heavily on those certifications. Um, find a way to try to move past that uh, that connection to sustainability um, uh, messaging and commitments of your clients to, and get more directly connected to how you achieving your envir environmental goals will actually help them achieve their business goals. If we can get there, um, then that's rare air indeed. And the the icing on that cake would be if you could communicate it uh, simply versus um, extensive and nuanced scientific messaging. <laughs> Nobody likes math. No, no. <laughs> not with their marketing. <laughs> so uh, I guess there you have it. I, I don't. I'm not saying it's an easy assignment, but it's the one you got. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot of people who are considering this right now. So uh, thanks very much. Thank you. It's been great. Conversation. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.